You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What a world! Welcome to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from Blogging the Boys, and from right here is your humble host, Don of the Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, June 1st. 2023. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. And I would like to remind you that the Ocho is presented to you by our friends at Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel our Dallas Cowboys. That is correct. Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center training facility. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, Biltong 32, and each meat stick appropriately has Ocho grams of protein. If it's good enough for the Cowboys, it has got to be good enough for you as well. Righteous Felon uses locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef and prides itself on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off of your order. That is RighteousFelon.com, discount code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off of your order. I just loaded back up on Righteous Felon. I encourage you to do the same. Got some trips coming up. Uh, for the fam and I, and it's always kind of good to have in your backpacks, you know, easy little thing to get to. Um, I'm a little bit more quiet for this episode. I don't know if you could tell in the whole what up world spiel, uh, but the baby is asleep. So uh, we've got to be cool about it. Bear is asleep too, right here on the couch. So everybody's kind of, um, you know, making things easy for dad. So I appreciate that. Um, it is June 1st, officially. I'm recording this on Wednesday, May 31st uh, at 2.50 p.m. Central Standard Time. I have not seen the series finale of Ted Lasso yet. I've been able to avoid spoilers so far. So hopefully I'm able to make it all the way through until my wife and I watch it together. Um, but as it's June, this is a notable thing uh, because this is it. This is the last month. And I say that understanding that today is the first of the month um, and that we obviously have the entire thing to go. This is the last month with no real things. All right. Now, I understand there's OTAs and whatever, but, you know, for the most part, this is the, the most quiet time of the year. I mean, if you have, you know, a vacation or something coming up, you know, it does kind of ripple into July. I, if I'm being totally honest with you, these next kind of six weeks, um, and I talked about this a little bit last week, but that's just kind of where we're at. We're now well past the draft, obviously, and so it's just about making it through these next six or so weeks, and then training camp hits, and then it's really just an onslaught, obviously, through the regular season, and we certainly hope all the way through the Super Bowl. And because we're kind of here, I think we start to develop um, some idle hands, um, and that's, you know, that's it's never a good thing. I know there's a, a, a saying and an expression about them, but when it comes to this, we, we sort of, I think, revisit or 
Um, perhaps relitigate is a better word. Um, certain things and ideas over the offseason that the Cowboys were deemed, I think, by many to have had one of the better offseasons across the entire NFL. Um, this week, actually, ESPN's Bill Barnwell um, had the Cowboys third in terms of offseason rankings. We wrote about that at our site as well, um, about what Bill Barnwell wrote about. Everybody go read uh, what Barnwell wrote. It was awesome. Um, Brandon and I mentioned this on the NFC's mixtape. Actually, um, the best offseason was deemed to have been had by the Washington Commanders, and a big part of that was the ownership sale. Uh, if you didn't listen to the mixtape, um, we talked about that a little bit. Um, and the Philadelphia Eagles were at number four. So you've got three of the four NFC East teams right there in the top four. The Miami Dolphins were number two. The trade for Jalen Ramsey, obviously a big deal. Uh, the New York Giants were all the way down at 29th, if you just want to know where everybody was. But um, I think that, you know, we for the most part have have really kind of lauded and I'm not here to do anything but laud uh, for what it's worth. I don't know if that's the right way to put that, but I, I don't have any criticisms to offer this particular episode, but we've really lauded the Cowboys as a collective, right? As Cowboys Nation. People I think have really given the Joneses their flowers, the Cowboys front office their flowers, right? There's been all sorts of credit to go around. In fact, I remember um, talking to Dave Halpern. Uh, you know, obviously Dave is the OG here at BTB. Um, and we were talking one day and, and we reached a point where all of our writers were actually using that expression because, uh, you know, it's been said so often. I know I've said it, you know, many times, but and I'm sure you've heard it, you know, whether it's from me or other people, other podcasts you listen to or things you read on the Internet or just social media or whatever. It's been a really popular expression to use when it comes to the cops. You got to give them their flowers. You, you do. They traded for Stefan Gilmore. You got to give them their flowers. They traded for Brandon Cooks. You got to give them their flowers. They, they didn't do this. You got to give them their flowers it would have been really appropriate if they had drafted zay flowers um i was a bit bummed friend of the show zay flowers by the way but uh but anyway um so i feel like there's been a lot of credit to go around right um to keep this kind of within the theme of who the cowboys are if this has been a pie of an off season everybody has gotten a slice except for mike mccarthy he's the one person that i think people struggle to give credit to right like when the cowboys you know and obviously mike mccarthy hasn't been around for a decade or anything but um but but when you talk about the cowboys or you you have talked about the cowboys over the last now three years this is the fourth season under mike mccarthy He's the one dude that nobody wants to give any credit to. And I'm not saying don't give credit to Dak Prescott or to the rest of the offense or to Micah Parsons or to Dan Quinn or to Kellen Moore or to the Joneses or Will McClay or whatever. But, you know, and this is something I said um, when the regular or not the regular season, but when the season ended for the Cowboys, people want to kind of live in this circle of blame, right? Like we see, um, I know our friends uh, at Inside the Star at Cowboys Nation, the Twitter account, tweet out the meme a lot, right? It's like a triangular um, thing, right? It's like, I get my hopes up, I get disappointed, I'm devastated. And then like the cycle kind of just like repeats itself, right? like the cycle of fandom. It, I think there's a similar phenomenon when it comes to credit and blame, right? Like, it's, you know, when it's Dak Prescott's credit, it's somebody else's blame. When it's the Jones's credit, somebody else's blame. Will McClay's credit, whatever, 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 right? But when people move, they never, it never comes around to where McCarthy gets his credit. Think, like, I would actually invite you to think about that, right? Mike McCarthy became the Cowboys head coach in 2020, and that was a very unique season for, uh, well, for the world, uh, you know, an unfortunately unique um, season for, you know, everybody for obvious reasons. But 
you know, it was a, a challenging football season for Mike McCarthy and that Dak Prescott was injured. And so he didn't have his full complement of players, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Leighton Vanderish dealt with injuries as well. I mean, there was a whole litany of things that happened to the Cowboys that year in just a football sense. I mean, let alone everything that was happening in the world. But the last two years, uh, the Cowboys have been very successful. We all know that they've had a very successful offense. They've had a very successful defense. They've had all sorts of things. They have gone to the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. They've won 12 games in back-to-back seasons, right? Like we've talked about all these things. And we've given the credit to X, Y, and Z, but it never happens with Mike McCarthy, right? Like he's never the person who gets his flowers. You get what I'm saying? It's always somebody else. It's always elsewhere. It's always other people. It's always, you know, credit that we can place and put elsewhere except for at the feet of Mike McCarthy. But when it comes to blame, when it comes to blame, we're all ready to give it to Mike McCarthy. And the line that keeps coming up, any conversation I have or podcasts I do or whatever, the thing that people keep bringing up is, well, he wants to run the ball this year. I mean, like, how, what? You want me to give him credit, RJ? He wants to run the ball. That is the line that I think just the line that refuses to go away. Mike McCarthy said at the NFL Combine that the Cowboys wanted to run the ball and those who oppose him, which is the vast majority, right? And by oppose, I mean, don't believe him to contribute positively to the Cowboys, you know, whatever words you want to put that in is completely and totally up to you. But those who are not a fan of Mike McCarthy take that line and that is that is their gospel now, right? Like that it's, oh, he wants to run the ball. How stupid. Welcome to the modern NFL where Mike McCarthy wants to run the ball. Despite the fact that ever since Mike McCarthy said that, the actions of the team have suggested I wouldn't say a complete and total opposite, but a week after Mike McCarthy said they wanted to run the ball, whatever, you know, I'm paraphrasing his line now, they cut Zeke Elliott. They traded for Brandon Cooks, but they want to run the ball, right? Now, I'm not saying the Cowboys don't want to run the ball. That's not my, my point here. This doesn't have to be one or the other. It's not one end of the spectrum or the opposite, but this idea that he wants to be the you know the wishbone or or like that Mike McCarthy wants to to treat this like it's um it's like the Naval Academy's offense is ridiculous and but that confirms a prior for some people right that people who don't like Mike McCarthy it becomes a matter of confirming priors and I don't know I don't know what my real thoughts on this are like I I'm not like you know, I, I don't have like a take, I guess. It's just something I've I've noticed over the last year. I mean, again, I think it's insane that all of this success, and we use that word relatively, right? The Cowboys have not won the Super Bowl over the last two seasons, right? They've only won the division once. They have been a playoff team twice. They did win a playoff game, right? But that all these things can happen, that all these, you know, hurdles can be cleared. And, and I think even amongst Cowboys fans, even I, I would say amongst the most staunch Jason Garrett loyalists and there are a lot of them or there at least there were a lot of them Mike McCarthy has done many things through three years that Jason Garrett never did in almost a decade and so we sit here and we don't laud him we don't give him his flowers and so I just don't understand you know why that has to be the case I get he's the head coach of the Cowboys I get that it's a polarizing team and narrative and I'm not complaining about that because I'm obviously well aware of the way that things go when it comes to the Cowboys it's just it's actually a little illogical to me that's kind of the the place that I'm at with it because you cannot tell me that everybody else is perfect and that Mike McCarthy is just this singular negative life force that is weighing them down it just 
the the math does not check out. And and so and again, you can't tell me he does nothing. He offers nothing, et cetera, et cetera, which becomes the take from from some people about Mike McCarthy. And then lean like you've never leaned before on the line about wanting to run the ball. I mean certain truths and certain realities are picked and and specifically isolated when it comes to Mike McCarthy. Now, we all know that this same phenomenon happens, of course, with Dak Prescott. And, and, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown, which Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy do in terms of being the most visible people associated with the NFL's, maybe the world's most polarizing sports team, obviously. Um, And so, again, I'm not trying to cry about the spilled milk here because, you know, the milk is is what it is when it comes to the Cowboys. I've used a lot of weird analogies here uh, in this particular episode. But, you know, that discussion has kind of been, you know, showing back up. And so you can't tell me similarly that the Cowboys had the third best offseason in the NFL and that Mike McCarthy gets no credit for it. <laughs> well, why am I going to give him credit for it, RJ? He doesn't, he's not in the front office. He's just the coach. Okay, well then, do you give him credit for the 24 wins over the last two years? Do you give him credit for the 4-1 record without Dak Prescott? Do you give him credit for being the first Cowboys team to go to the playoffs in back-to-back seasons in 15 years? Do you give him credit for being the first Cowboys team to win double-digit games in back-to-back years since the late 90s? I mean, like, what is the thing that Mike McCarthy gets credit for? If, if it's not the great offseason if it's not the wins if it's not the accomplishments what is it because the goalposts keep moving here when it comes to giving Mike McCarthy credit for anything I mean we give rightfully so um you know this week on the mixtape Brandon and I we argued about Nick Sirianni versus Mike McCarthy and you know I got some tweets about well Brian Dable's a better coach than Mike McCarthy what like what And, and I think highly of Brian Dable but Again, you can't tell me, well, look at what Brian Dable did, et cetera, et cetera, X, Y, Z. He did all this stuff. Look at what he accomplished, whatever, whatever, whatever. Why do we give, again, rightful credit to coaches like Brian Dable who'll pull off impressive and improbable things, but we just forget you know, that level of analysis or that method of analysis when it comes to Mike McCarthy, right? We can sit here and say, you know what, Brandon Staley deserves credit for this and that. All he has is Justin Herbert. When we don't apply that same logic to Mike McCarthy, I think, um, I don't know where I saw this. So, you know, forgive me if you're the person who tweeted it, but I saw somebody tweet like if Sean, it might've been a friend of the show, Justin Tuck, but um, if, if you're somebody or if, if, if Sean Payton were the head coach of the Cowboys instead of the head coach of the Broncos, he would not be getting this like glow up that is happening, right? Like right now, I would challenge you. Google Sean Payton Denver Broncos, right? Like anything you're finding is a rave review of the Sean Payton era in Denver and how it's going, blah, 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 blah. The stern discipline that's happening. Remember when Mike McCarthy showed up and he had some stern discipline? People laughed at it. I remember because I laughed too, if I'm being honest. Um, so I talked about it. Mike McCarthy's first season was that 2020 season, obviously. And there were, you know, very limited fans in general. But certainly at the beginning, there were an extremely limited amount of people. Obviously, that, that you know, changed a little bit as the season and the year went on. Um, but if you'll recall, when the Cowboys did their blue and white scrimmage um, that year in 2020 at training camp, um, you know, there were all sorts of COVID protocols and things like that. But Mike McCarthy, uh, because the Cowboys broadcasted it on their uh, their channels, right, like their website and locally and, you know, wherever the mothership puts that a billion different places because they do such a great job. If you'll recall, Mike McCarthy had the players names taken off of the back of their jersey. And he never outright said this, but the assumed reason was paranoia, right, that, you know, 
to just use names for the sake of an example, that Nick Sirianni or at the time Joe Judge, Ron Rivera, somebody was going to get a hold of that and be able to, you know, look at it and say, this is what the Cowboys are doing. They're practicing on blah, 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 blah. Um, so by removing the names, they made it just a teeny bit more difficult on anybody to, you know, diagram or, or whatever, figure out what they were doing. I guarantee you if Sean Payton did that now, today, like this offseason with the Broncos, it would be genius, despite the fact that, you know, people made fun of it when it came to Mike McCarthy. And that's part of the uniform and the logo that they wear. And I'm not, look, the purpose of this episode wasn't to be like, woe is the Cowboys, the cow, poor Cowboys, you know, blah, 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 blah. Look, it's awesome that the Cowboys get all this attention. I'm just trying to point out, let's here, you and I, you and me, let's be straight up. We don't have to be like that. We can, you know, be logical up and down, same way, left to right, all the way through. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but and we don't have to. We don't have to remove logic when it comes to Mike McCarthy because we want to, like a lot of other people do. Um, so, yeah, did he say he wanted to run the ball? Yes. Have they done a lot of things to suggest that they want to pass the ball? Yes. So do we have to lean on the one thing that that sort of pushes the narrative that Mike McCarthy has no idea what he's doing? I mean, I don't know. You tell me. But um, that was my little rambling, I guess, here um, on uh, the final day of May as I record this video. Man, I told you at the beginning that Bear was asleep. He has gotten comfortable. Good job, Bear boy. I'm happy that you're happy. Actually, Bear's birthday is uh, when is uh, let's see is, is on Sunday. My bear boy turns four years old, so it's his golden birthday. Um, I can't believe how long he's been sleeping on the couch um, in the background while I record these things. And so happy birthday to you, buddy. I love you. Uh, I love all of you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. We still have multiple shows coming out each and every single day. Uh, I was on this week's roundtable. We played a fun game called Headlines from the Future. Uh, we've got some fun stuff coming out for you this weekend. Also, something we dropped about a month ago now, um, the Spanish version of this show, El Ocho, which comes out on Sundays. Um, not exactly a word-for-word -word translation of the Ocho, but uh, it's just me talking cowboys, uh, but doing so in the Spanish language, which uh, I'm doing my best to get better at. So thank you for ever, or thank you everyone for the kind words um, as I, uh, you know, make myself or, you know, as I go further along in that journey, I don't know what else to say. Uh, whatever. All right, let's get out of here. I hope you have a fantastic day. I hope um, that something you say that maybe is strange isn't something that gets held against you forever. I hope that you have a wonderful meal. <laughs> Took a, a weird breath. I hope you, um, I hope, ooh, you know what I hope happens for you? I hope the next time you walk outside, it's, um, you know, like when you're kind of cold and you walk outside and it's like a bright sunny day and the sun just kind of like warms you. It's not, it, it is actually really hot because you were kind of cold. The sun like warms you and it's kind of like nice and comforting. I hope that that feeling finds you at some point this weekend um, because it's the summer, right? Like that's what Memorial Day officially kicks off, Memorial Day to Labor Day. So um, get in the pool, fire up the grill, uh sit on the floaties and um yeah enjoy it all uh thanks so much for hanging out everybody um i get i'm just at this point i'm just ready to go right like i might as well do it i um i hope you have the best day ever i hope you have the greatest day of all time you know why because you deserve it we will see you manana my friends as always go cowboys and peace out